Holly Whitaker. And I am Laura McCowan. And this is Home Podcast. And so it would begin. We should do it sometime where we publish all the takes. All of the before before I think we trash though. I throw away all the um all the rough footage. I probably shouldn't have done that. All the, all the false, false starts. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, small computer. Um, <laughs> little, <right>. little storage. <laughs> Actually, I have the most storage. I just tend to, I guess, not I, – I don't know. I have this thing where I don't delete photos. I just buy bigger iPhones. Yeah. I've done that yeah. for years and it's um, – Do you not have them going up to the cloud? I do, but I like to have them on my phone. I mean, I just like that's it's I use media, right? And I want to be able to use past pictures and also and I just like also for me, it's kind of like I mean, I've had an iPhone since 2000 and um, God, I guess 2008. So it's also like the last 10 years of my life are on my phone. Um, Like my, you know, how I how I looked and, and stuff. And I don't know. I know. I get it. Do you? I'm good. Great. How are you? <laughs> Good. Good. Great. Fantastic. <laughs> I speaking of funny dreams, I think last night was a like you just said you had wild dreams. I I always kind of have at least one wild, really wild dream there. Um, but Alma had Alma, I when she woke up this morning, she usually doesn't, you know, tell me about her dreams if she has them. But this <laughs> this morning she goes. I had a dream that I wanted a sister. So you got, you made one and, um, she looked exactly like me, but she was wood (laughs) and I, and I hated her. (laughs) So I got rid of her or no, you burned her, you burned her and it was the happiest day of my life. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, okay. Um, okay. That's oh great. I know. It's kind of cute. It's like it's so cute. clean, you know, just like this and then this. And, and she told it exactly like that. It was like five lines. Yeah. No, mine are, mine are not nearly that linear. Um, in this last one, we were recording the podcast somewhere. There were cookies with frosting involved. Um, but like we, Stephanie Snyder was also involved. Um <laughs> I went to her class yesterday. Um, and then I had to go and get on an airplane. And then it was like a holiday. And then I got on the airplane and they started speaking in Spanish. And I really was, I was on the wrong airplane and we were going to Mexico. And then Ugh. they took off and I didn't even have my seatbelt on and it was flying really low. And I was like, can we stop the plane? And they were like, no. And so I was just like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to go all the way to Mexico and come back. Um <laughs> Oh, I love. Is there more? I don't know. Or was I mean? Yeah, it's. I know. I know. It's like I. I know. Sure. It's like of course there is person. There's this person that wasn't a person, but they were the person, but they didn't look like the person. Yeah, Yeah, of course. I think describing dreams is one of the most frustrating 
Oh, you know, things, I have no interest in it. I like, I love like actually cool. remembering pieces of it. I love my own personal experience of it, but like explaining it to other people is not my thing. <laughs> Trying to interpret it is not my thing. I'm like, I'm, I'm fucked up. Like, that's all I need to know. Like, I am, I am fucked up. Like, believe me. <laughs> yeah. And, well, and is there anything like that shuts your brain off faster than when someone goes, I had a dream and they start to explain <laughs> it to <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't want to like, hear about it. No. I know. I know. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Instant, like, what else can I do? What else can I think about? <laughs> it's like they it's like they immediately go to Charlie Brown voice. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Well, I mean it's a like I know. It's like I said, it's really fascinating to me what, what happens in my brain. Um I'm really surprised because yeah. sometimes I do tell you about my dreams. Um and oh, I've told you about some too. I yeah, but it's I not. Int- to- I get it. It's not because int- it's like not real life. It's just like you know. <laughs> well, and it's, and because it's so impossible to describe, it just sounds like this series of. It's like so. I was at this place, but it wasn't really that place. But I knew it was. But I don't know. It's so hard to describe. And then this showed up, and it they weren't really the person, but they had their face. <laughs> like what a shitty story. <laughs> yeah oh yeah okay um so anyway uh shall we get into the subject matter or do you want to talk about your dreams a little more (laughs) no um i don't know is there anything else you want to talk about no i mean yesterday yeah we recorded yesterday I mean, yeah. and also, we kind of just, like, talk, you know, a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I want to talk about this meditation I'm doing. Um, I'm doing the Sardash. Like, is that is that also – did you braid yourself? off? <laughs> Same thing? No? <laughs> no, not quite. Can we, no, I'm just kidding. Can we just be no, honest with each other and have a relationship where we tell each other when stuff is boring and we don't want to hear it? Every time. <laughs> 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 you say Kundalini. When you talk about meditation, when you say – um, I speaking of this, can I share something really funny? I, I'll find the text and we'll, um, the screenshot of the text and I'll post it. But it was like one of those funny text accounts on on Instagram, and it was someone going "Merry Christmas," and the other person goes "Merry Christmas to you," and then the the person goes "How is everything?" and she goes "No, we don't have to do that anymore." <laughs> That's and funny. The other person goes "Oh, thank God! I'll talk to you next Christmas." But like. <laughs> But I mean, those text things, I can't, I have a hard time laughing at them because I know they're made up. Well, yeah, for some reason I can suspend my disbelief for those. Like, <laughs> I can't. I'm I like, can't but that's one person talking to themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Telling jokes. Yeah. I know. Is that, did you get it out? Can I talk, can we go back to my meditation now? Yeah, exactly. great. Um, no, I've been doing this meditation. I'm doing the Sodarshan Chakra Kriya. And it's just like – it's really hard. You inhale your breath through one nostril. You hold your breath and then you pump your navel 48 times while you chant Wahe Guru. And your eyes are focused down to the tip of your nose. And it's like meant to like clean your psych out. Um, but it's – um, I don't know. It's hard. It's working and really well. And it makes well. your stomach hurt, right? 
Well, it did the other day. It also made me feel like I was on drugs. Like I went for the full 11 minutes. I started with the full 11. I mean, you can go up to like, I know people that have done it like for, you know, five years for, you know, two and a half hours a day. Um, Like seriously, there are people that do that with this one. It's just one of those, like it's supposed to be like one of the more powerful Kriyas. It's meant to like just kind of clear you of all your past like shit. It's like, it's a garbage cleaner. Like it's brought, I mean, and it is, and it's brought up all of my shit. Uh, yeah, what? Can I can I ask I'm curious like when you inhale through one nostril are you doing like the naughty show nothing where you plug one nostril? Yeah, I mean you're you're are inhaling you, are you through keeping your, the one nostril closed the whole time you're pumping? Well, you're inhaling through your left, which is your moon side, right? You're inhaling through mm-hmm. your cool side and then you hold the breath in on the on the left and then you pump your navel and then you exhale it on the right side, which is your your sun side. So yeah, And you're so continuing to alternate the whole time. Uh-huh. Yeah. Inhaling wow. on the left, exhaling on the right. But if you think about it, it takes about 30 seconds to go for one cycle, right? Like, so, And you're pumping like many pumps wah, in hey, each guru. Like pump your navel in three times as they say, wah, hey, guru. Uh, wah, hey, guru. Wah, hey, guru. And your breath is held in your uh, stomach. So it creates this pressure point uh, at your solar plexus. And so it uh, – um, but it, it does – no, it's super hard. Um, at first, the first couple times you did, I don't know if you've ever done that one. There's this one meditation that you do where you plug up your eyes, your you close your eyes, then yes. you plug up your ears, nose, mouth. You put all your finger. You basically place your fingers so you cut off all your senses. And yeah. um, I wanted, to, I thought I was gonna die. I mean, I just like it. Um, to me, it felt like I was being suffocated by my by my own hands, um, by, <laughs> by myself. Yeah, stuff. Stephanie Snyder teaches that in one of her yoga glow things. Oh, does she? Oh, I did it in Kundalini. I guess she would do it. Um, she does a lot of this stuff. Um, I've never done it with her. I didn't know she did it. But I have done it with – I did it in Kundalini training for like an extended period of time. And I was just – I hated it. And this is what this feels like because you are holding your breath and pumping your navel. And you – you know, like for it, – it lasts for like 20 seconds um, that you're holding your breath for like 20 seconds while you're creating this like big kind of um, – uh, pressure within you. And so anyway, it's, it's hard, but, um, I, and it's really like, uh, it's, it's, um, it's hard to get me to sit down for it. I don't want to do it. And I actually, it's, it, I can meditate for a long period of time and feel like it was no time. This makes it feel like the minute, like the, it feels like the seconds yeah. are just like crawling by. Um, yeah. but it's doing its thing. It's working. I, anyways, yeah, it made me feel, I did it a couple times. It made me feel like I was on drugs. I had, to, I I'd actually had to go home from, I got sick and had to like go home from work on Monday because it had like messed with me so much. So I'm doing it slowly and increasing it. Um, but we'll see. And, you know, in 40 days, I could be a completely different person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hope not. Yeah. I like you. I know. Um, <laughs> all right. Should That's we get cool. to it? Yes, let's get to it. Mm-hmm. All okay. right. Uh, I went first last time, so why don't you go first? So, so what are we doing? What are we doing? Uh, okay. Um. So we, a lot of people find us at the beginning of their journey, right? And mm-hmm. we realize their we, journey of what breaking addiction, not drinking, mm-hmm. uh, and we realize of sobriety, whatever, teetotaling, um, and we realize <laughs> that we've talked about like the first hundred days. We talked about a lot of stuff, but we've actually never talked about where to start. And right. so we thought we would take a moment and we would a moment a show and talk about show. where to start, like what we would recommend, what we would possibly tell our former selves. Right. 
And so five things, five like things, the five things that we did that we think are the most important. Yeah, important. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, so my first one is surrender. Um, that was the first step for me. And I think that surrender has this, it has this really weird, like, uh, feel to it because for most of us, we're pretty, you know, addiction is a sign of, of strength. It's not a sign of weakness, right? Mm-hmm. I think that most of us come into this thinking there's something very f- fundamentally flawed with us or something, something weak, something wrong. Yes. And we've been trying to will this thing into submission, right? We've been trying to make alcohol work some way in our lives and and not only that we've been keeping our lives going in yep. and 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 doing crazy things i was just talking yesterday about how i the first i gave a presentation once about how i had been drunk during work and was still like crushing it and this guy asked yeah. me you know like how i did it and and, and you know, i just said i'm really fucking smart you know but the truth is i've just really fucking willed you know i'm strong <laughs> yeah. as fuck <laughs> and so it's it's this sign but this is how we work right we're just we force this thing and the surrender moment is and and also we're working again i mean the main thing to say is that we're we're forcing this thing we're forcing something against the grain we're forcing we're forcing everything we're trying to make something that's not working work and we're also going work. to we're we're railing against reality we're railing against who we are what our heart wants um like yep. situations with other people how we feel about ourselves how we see ourselves how we interact i mean all this stuff it's this like it's this um forcing and so right and so for me this moment I had that like quintessential moment where I fell on my knees and I was just I said I can't take this anymore please help me but the my first blog was called Little Miss Surrendered and I it was Mm -hmm. called that because I had been trying to control everything for so long I felt I had I felt I always had to be on and hold it all right like like I think I've talked about this before just that picture of Atlas Shrugged that Right, like Atlas holding the world on his shoulders. I came into this feeling I had to hold the world on my shoulders. I was doing it all alone and I was holding it up. And there was a small moment of surrendering to to not being able to do this on my own. And then not only that, to not being able to do it. And, and not only that, to surrendering basically to what was, right? To what is. This yes. is killing yes. me. I'm surrendering to this. This is killing me. Like I, you know, I give up. Um, and so I think the important thing, hold on, let me finish this. Um, the, I think yeah. the important thing to remember with this is, is surrender is, it's, it's this like, it's this very strong thing. And, and it's not just surrender to surrender for help or surrender to what's happening or surrender to the truth or surrender to reality. It's also surrender to, to the way, to the way of the universe, right? And, mm-hmm. and it's instead, you know, for me, my life is moving in the flow now. I move with the flow of things. If something doesn't work out, I don't keep on hitting my head against it. I actually move mm-hmm. with that thing and on to the next thing. It's using all of this stuff that appears as blocks and using it as stepping stones um, and, and using all of the things that are happening. Like surrendering just means using, I think, using what's in front of us to, to help guide our paths instead of, you know, using it to keep us stuck um, and miserable. Yeah. Um, so surrender. That's it. I think giving it up, saying like falling on your knees, literally. How? Just a sign yeah, I was of, gonna say how. Like if someone is like, okay, how? Right. How do I do it? 
I think went two ways. I think the like the I could talk about it forever, but I would say the first is just falling on your knees and 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 mm-hmm. staying on your knees. And that doesn't mean like an act of submission to God or anything like that. It means like just a sign, a showing, like an actual physical like prostration to like I to like the universe or to to just what is and just saying like show me the way. Just show me the way. Like I'm ready to listen. Like I show me what I need to do. Surrender to what is and, and actually like surrender to what's being offered to you that we can't see because we're too strong willed to, to right. try and figure it out on our own by ourselves because we think we're the smartest fucking thing in the world. So that's <laughs> one thing. And it's true. Like, and that's not a bad thing. That's yeah. a great thing. But no. also it's like just it's a it's a like surrender to to the fact that there is an intelligence that wants to help you. Um so falling yeah. on your knees and asking for help. Just just show me the way. Like that's it. It's really all you have to do. That's one. And two, I think that um, I would even say like reading um, Eckhart Tolle's book, uh, A Whole New or A New Earth and or Byron Katie's Mm. Loving What Is. I think those are two really beautiful books, especially Byron Katie's. If you get get her audio book, Loving What Is, um, she's she's talking. It's really it's great to listen to you here talking to other people. But she really is great at explaining how to surrender to to the truth of what's happening around you and like in a super practical way Mm -hmm. she does you know Mm-hmm. Like she has a story about her kids' socks, and it's so yes. like, oh, I, I get that. Yes. Like I understand that my fighting with that is causing me to suffer. Yes. It's not that they're putting their socks on the floor. Yeah, <laughs> they're fine with that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I'm so glad you brought up her book. It's it was it's huge. I agree. Yeah. All right. Why don't you go ahead? It's your number I love one. that you said. Yeah, I, I love that you said surrender. I would, you know, y- yes, I agree. I um, I think an act of surrender is to sit. You know, I don't, I don't have surrender, but I think this is um, a very concrete um, affirmation action you can take towards surrendering, and that's to, I wrote tell someone. Mm. So there's all kinds of conversations that you can have with yourself, with God, with your journal, with you know, the books that you're reading. But to me, it, it is, it was imperative that I tell a human being, <laughs> another person. And I, I would actually say two people. One of them is someone close to you that is going to give a shit whether or not this happens, not someone. And, and you know, the difference, like, you know, the person that's going to let you off the hook, um, that is maybe, one of your co-conspirators and you're drinking. I mean, I had lots of friends that, that would have supported me either way, but I had a few friends who had really like, like they'd seen kind of the worst of it. Um, and they, once I told them I couldn't go back, you know? Yes. And some people don't have those people. A lot of people don't have those people because their drinking seems fine you know, they've, they've managed to hold it up enough that it seems fine. So, but, but even still find someone, tell them, uh, someone who is going to hold you accountable to it and not in like, like, you know who that person is. I won't try to describe it, but someone has every, everyone has someone in their life. And then the second one is to tell someone in who is also in recovery, who is sober and 
by doing it, you have to go somewhere sometimes to do that. Either you have to go to a meeting or you have to find someone on, like it doesn't count to just email like me or Holly, <laughs> you know? Like Even though that does to, count. I mean, it, please, that it totally counts, but I think um, it counts, but there's nothing that counts more than I think looking at someone's face or calling them on the phone or whatever it is you have to, it means you have to find someone, right. Um, and tell them. So I, I think the act of telling someone, uh, and, and saying like, it doesn't have to be like, I'm quitting. It's going to be today. It's over. It can be like, this is what's happening. This is how I feel. And this is what I want, you know? Yeah. Even if what you want is not to quit drinking. I mean, I didn't want that. Yeah. But say that, you know, say that. So that's my number one. I love it. It's it's a lot of like my number two, um, but not exactly like it. But I think that's – it is. It's such an important thing. Um, and, and it also – like I, that last part that you said, if I can just um, – Yeah. The I think the most important thing to remember in this, most people come in – people don't come into this like – with everything figured out, like we come into this very confused and also very torn. And, and, and this is something like a lot of people think that you should have it figured out or there's something wrong with you that you still want to drink or that, you Mm -hmm. know, I think it's really important what you just said in that last part, like you get to start this, like wherever you are, wherever Mm -hmm. you are with whatever's going on and being honest about that is, is important saying, I still want to drink. I'm not sure I want to do this. I don't want to be here, whatever it is. If that's your truth, owning that and claiming it and putting it out and sharing it with somebody else doesn't make you bad or wrong or in the wrong place or misguided or fucked up or not far along or whatever it is. Like It makes you where you're at and everybody has to start where they're at. That's the most important thing to remember in this. So I just want to say like no matter what it is, right? Like – Right, share that part of it. Right, be honest. Like this is honesty time, and this is where we get to finally show up and not be judged for being fucking honest. So, right, yes, I'm so glad you said that too. Yeah, yeah. Um, my number two is get support, and it's a lot like yours, like telling someone else. But I do think that there's the telling someone else. I think that's really important. I also think it's important to just make that move. There's something that's so powerful in that move of looking up a therapist and going and sitting mm-hmm. in a therapist's office or going to your doctor. I mean, you have to be careful. Like you do have to do your your research and 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 understand where your doctor or your therapist stands. A lot of like some doctors might say you're not you don't have a problem. Like I know. I know a lot of people who go to a doctor and the doctor's like, "Oh god, you know, that's okay that you're drinking three glasses of wine every night." You know, or something like that. Like <laughs> yes. and and so make sure if you're looking for a therapist or like let's just say therapist that you are before you go in and sit with them that you ask them um what they believe about addiction what how they believe people you know how they believe people get get like what their experiences and and i would say what their ideology is about addiction recovery um and you know be mindful of that i was really fortunate i i did find you know great therapists that at least to a certain extent understood um how to talk to me addiction. about addiction yeah 
But yeah, like, but cute. getting support, going to an AA meeting, you don't have to go to an AA meeting, you can go to a refuge recovery meeting, um, just like, just any, like any, any movement that you do to, to go and find community, right? Going to a meditation group, going to a yoga class and telling your yoga teacher, whatever it is, but just start getting mm-hmm. support. I, for me, I wrote a piece and it's called How to Deal with Loneliness and Isolation and Recovery and Megan will link mm-hmm. it and it has a ton of different ideas ideas on how to find a support system. Um, but, but I would say one of the, one of the most powerful things I did, um, was I made the move to go to a therapist and I hated doing that. Like I would go to that office. I, I remember I went to, I went to a man first and then I went to, and then I found a really great woman that I went to Leah and, I would take the the one California bus from my apartment at night to to her office, and it was the most depressing bus ride I would ever Ugh. take. I mean, I didn't go half I, the time. I would I would lie to her, and I'd just stay in bed and get stoned, and then I would go mm-hmm. stoned. But I would just it felt like I was on you know a death mm-hmm. march for whatever reason. Um, it wasn't easy yeah. to go and get the support. I wanted to be anywhere but there. I was dying. I did not want to go. I did not want to go and talk about dying to a therapist (laughs) right so true everyone like it does that's that's such a good point it never feels like a fucking victory lap it's always (laughs) like hard it is you're like i am so fucked up i have to go like where everyone else is out drinking and i'm sitting on a fucking bus going to talk (laughs) to you know woman named Leah about you know whatever um mm-hmm. but it it's but it was the most powerful thing I did was making those making those movements I, it was showing this commitment to to a different way um mm-hmm. and even though I was resistant to it and it felt like it wasn't working and this thing was never going to end it really really mattered and so that's my number two it's get support Megan will post or we'll post a link to how to deal with loneliness and isolation and recovery which talks about like building a care team um there's another article I have that's called um how to make friends in um in sobriety and that also it doesn't talk about the care team aspect of it but it does talk it has a ton of resources about finding people um but really truly like right get support get whatever that looks like get support right it's just like it's kind of it's the telling other people but it's also starting to immerse yourself uh in a different population that knows what you're doing yes yes so good so so good what's your oh uh you're yeah you're number you're number two my number two is um, is very simple, but it um, I think for me was it, it, yeah, it's move your body. Mm-hmm. Like I think I am a total believer in the idea of like keeping your body high keeps your mind high, um, and it whatever whatever it is that you can do or like to do or whatever. And and however small amount of time it you have to do it, um, make your body, like push your physical body to sweat. Um, and to get like, there's, there's processes that happen in your body that, you know, when you release the endorphins and all of that, that you're so sorely lacking, um, at that time. And then also like, it shifts energy, you know, it shift, it, 
Like you have to have, you have to start to create these energy shifts and no person, um, is without the capacity to make themselves sweat. You know, I mean, yes, I know some people like hate me right now because maybe you have injuries, maybe you have, you know, maybe you're facing, maybe you're, um, you hate your body, maybe whatever, maybe you have illnesses that are very painful. Um, and that I put, would put in a different category. I recognize that not everybody is completely able bodied, but I think almost everybody can make themselves sweat in some way. Um, and to me, that is, that's just like such a basic thing to do, um, that you can do. And in that time, you know, you can, you're not, when you're doing that, you're not drinking (laughs) (laughs) unless you're, I mean, you know, it's just like a basic math thing. Like, okay, if I'm doing this thing for an hour, chances are I'm not going to be drinking. Yeah. So I I kept that one simple. I mean, for me, it was, I already had some of that built into my life, um, running and yoga and stuff like that. But it really became like a thing that pulled, that pulled me through and continues to pull me through. And part of it is like, it plays into all the things we're talking about is just building a different pattern, a routine for your days. Yeah. Well, it's one of these that you can expend all that energy, right? It actually like physiologically helps you expend energy in a different way. It improves your ability to receive pleasure, um, which is Mm -hmm. what gets knocked out within our biological processes, right? Our neurobiological processes. It allows you to like sun is wonderful. Um, Uh, You know, it increases your breathing capacity. So it brings more air into Mm -hmm. your body, more life force into your body. It does all sorts. And it's – and sweat detox detoxifying, all of this. And all that being said, I did not exercise. And so for those of you that completely rail against the one that Laura just said, my number three mm-hmm. will help you immensely. I meditated. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, and I could not meditate. Like I, yeah. and I know that yes, everybody's supposed to be able to meditate and all that, but I, everybody like is want- able to meditate. It's, but it's, okay. It's- but it's not the answer for everybody. <laughs> yes. Like, that's fine. But, but everybody can meditate. Like that is one of the biggest, I think, things that that the people that feel the most turned off by it tend to be the ones that need it the most. Um, Yes. But also like, (laughs) because meditating for me, like I like running for me is meditation. It feels like meditation. And I know it's not the same same thing. I'm not saying there's nothing. I'm not like, this is not a personal attack on you and your meditation practice. It's just about meditation. That's it. That's it. I promise. Um, I am just saying that for me, physical exercise, I did yoga. I did hot yoga. I sweat a bit. Um, but for me, the absolute thing that I needed was to have a moment where I, to, to be able to rebuild my brain. Meditation is one of these things within, um, when it comes to what happens to us when we're drinking, we lose our, the, the prefrontal cortex, um, gets weakened, like, which is where our ability to make decisions, rational decisions. And for me, as somebody Mm -hmm. who is so chaotic and such a, Um, You know, like, I don't know if you guys have read anything about this, or I think I've talked about it a few times, but I was really out of control with my, my, I mean, my emotions were not just pretty out of control. They were, they were super out of control. I mean, my breakdowns were huge. And so for me, it was just a matter of, um, it was the first time that I had actually found joy and peace. And also it was where I start, I started to 
take my life back. Like med- the meditation mm-hmm. pillow for me was where I started to really take my life back. And this is something that's just proven over and over and over and over again. The list of benefits and meditative benefits to those uh, recovering, the number that I put a list together one time and, and the list went on for for over at least 50 things. Um, but the, you know, the basic things are is it helps you rebuild the part of you that feels like it's out of control. It helps you to gain to, it helps you to not be your emotions, but to witness your emotions. It helps you to make better decisions. It helps you sleep better. It helps you find inner peace. It helps you tap into, um, something that's far beyond you. Um, mostly it just allows you to create this foundation from which everything else is built. It's, you know, for me, it was really the difference of, of the kite flying me and me flying the kite. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and so, um, so anyways, I would say a meditation practice and it doesn't have to be this crazy thing. I'm, I'm highly resistant to meditation. I still have to fight myself onto the meditation pillow every time I do it. And so for me, what it looked like at, begin- at the beginning was I found, you know, my way in was was James Barraz. I went on a retreat where I just meditated all weekend, and that was wonderful. Uh, and then, um, and then I went to his a few of his sits in Berkeley. But for me, the the time that it really took off was when I found Gabby Bernstein's work. Uh, and she has a, she has an album for her book, May Cause Miracles. And they're like simple five minute meditations or guided meditations with like three minute of just sit at the end of it. Yeah. I found that Those to are be good. incredible. I like I found that to be incredibly helpful. And then I also found um, from there, Kundalini was also the reason I love doing the Kundalini practice is because um, there was so many different types of meditations, breathing meditations. And so if you're looking for a way in, like this is just, it's one of the things that I did from the beginning. It made, it was the difference between life or death for me. Um, and it is one of the things that, it's one of the things that that universally it just provides the number of benefits it provides it's like the it is it's like kale like it's like superfood uh it's better than kale <laughs> so i have a list of um i swear i'm not just plugging my blog today but i do have all this stuff on my blog um i have a list of if you just google 13 meditations hip sobriety you'll find links to a lot of great meditation resources one of my favorites is insight timer i use it every day um but um, but yeah, there's um, there's a lot of ways in. It's not just sitting, you know, under under a Bodhi tree for for you know days on end until the <laughs> enlightenment hits you. Um, and it's not like it doesn't need to be fancy. You do not need, you know, for me, most of my meditation is done as it has been for years in my bed. I love meditating in my bed. Um, I do it you mm. know every night, and it's um, yeah. So meditation, that's my number three. Um, it's just one of the best things you can do for yourself. What's uh, your number three? Um, I was going to switch around one of mine. So I wrote a blog post called The Pregnancy Principle. And this, my number three is based on, on that. Um, and The Pregnancy Principle was based on something that someone wrote me when they were like five months sober and they were wondering if they, it was okay to entertain at their house and not serve alcohol. And, um, so I just started thinking about, you know, when it came down to actually me being able to get and stay sober, it was because I started 
treating myself like my friend Jenny, who um, was kind of a, one of the first people I knew in real life that was sober. She was my college roommate. She kept t- telling me like when I would when I was getting started to treat myself like a newborn baby. <laughs> I was like, I don't even know what that means. Um, but I did start to understand what it means. It's like uh, y- newborn babies need to sleep and eat and poop and be held. And that's, that's it. Right. They need to be able to do those, those things. Um, but I think, you know, we're not babies. So it was, it was harder for me to grasp that. But what I could grasp was like, treat it like you're pregnant. And what that means is you have to completely, like completely shift your thinking into a mode where everything that you're doing or not doing is in order for you to keep this thing alive that's in your belly. And that can sound really overwhelming, but it's meant to actually completely simplify your life, really, your days, the decisions that you're making. Um, And one of those, you know, couple basic things, like I allowed myself to sleep, like when you're pregnant, Nobody questions you not going to things, not participating in extra activities. I mean, really anything. Like when you're pregnant, nobody questions any decision you're making because you're pregnant. So if you treat yourself as though you're pregnant, because you kind of are, you're like trying to give birth to this new thing and give yourself, it's really about permission to stop to just not do anything that doesn't feel good to your body and not feel good in the way that like drinking felt good, but feel good to like supporting this thing that you're trying to do means saying no a lot. It means sleeping whenever the fuck you can. Like I, we've talked about this before, but I slept. I did not understand how tired I would be. And for a really long time, like I want to say for the first year, year and a half, I, I slept a ton, like a ridiculous amount. And I just let myself do it. And I know people are out there going, but I have kids and I have a job. Well, so did I. And so do I. And you figure it out anyway. You know, you cancel plans, you do whatever you need to do so that you can, you can fit that sleep in. Um, it also means like when you're pregnant, you just, you do the things you need to do to, keep the baby alive, whatever that means, food wise, sleep wise. It's just like kind of going back to basics. Um, so there's a lot of things included in that. Uh, but I guess if I could boil it down, it would, it would be to give yourself permission to keep the baby alive. <laughs> That's all. I love it. It's one of my, the pregnancy principles, one of the principles, one of the things that I, um, that I refer to the most in, in all of your work. It's, it's brilliant. Um, yeah. Helpful. It is helpful because we don't realize that we are the, like that our first charge is mothering ourselves and that all mm-hmm. of this is really about learning to mother ourselves where the, like yeah. where like the root of this is taking care of ourselves. And we think not only, you know, not only do we, you know, not only do we not really know how to do it, but we actually think there's something wrong with it, right? Yes. We actually think that it's selfish. And it's, I was going to say, yeah. It's, it's like, 
it's crazy what it it is so it's so backwards i mean we are here to learn to we're here to learn to love right we're here to learn to you know that's 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 why we're here and and in order for us to be able to give anything anything and in that vein means we have to learn to love this thing that we're we're tasked with we are the baby like we are the baby the first yeah, baby that we, we have to raise baby. so then mm-hmm. we can raise you know all the other babies or I don't know. It's not exactly whatever what I want to say, <laughs> but you know what I mean. <laughs> no, but it's so true. It's like the the um, the selfish word comes up all the time. Like I feel like I'm being so selfish. Good. Like you have to be. No one would ever tell a pregnant person that they were selfish for going. I know. Home. I know. You know. Like I remember, or or somebody you know, I suffering I, with anything else that's recognized. Yeah, exactly. I think I think pregnancy is like the it's thing a that good always comes to my mind yeah. because it's, you know, universally just like, oh yeah, she's pregnant. Of course, whatever. Um so yeah, there's that. And then it's like just this this willingness to uh, to I think there's a resistance to how big it is, the thing you're doing, how big it is, you know, it is you are giving birth to a, a new life. And so allow it to be that big. And I, I I know I had some resistance to that because it was like, I don't want it to be this big. I don't want it to change my life. I don't want it to be as big as it feels. And, you know, I resisted that and I fucking suffered. And then I drank, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you, I, you know, it's, it's a permission to let it be as big as it is, to do whatever the fuck you need to do to keep it alive and to be willing to, to stomach. And, you know, what, if you follow these other things, like you had said, get support and all that, you, you start to build a a group of people who know what, who, who honor and know what, what a big deal it is. Okay. Very well said. Okay. We're on four. Yeah. You're, you're on four. What's your four? Um, work with your subconscious mind. Uh, one of the things I think that we don't realize that has one of the most uh, powerful effects is uh, repatterning our subconscious beliefs. We come into this with a whole host of crazy thoughts about addiction, recovery, sobriety, and about ourselves. And mm-hmm. so there, and that has to change. Our belief thought, our, our our beliefs have to change. Our beliefs about ourselves, our beliefs around about the way the world works. And so it's why like subconscious repatterning is one of the most important things you can do. And I think there's there's a couple of different ways. Um, one of the things that really needs to change is our ideas about alcohol and that we and, – and really like working with what – uh, what it means to stop drinking, what we're giving up. Yes. And Annie Grace has a great book called This Naked Mind Control Alcohol, and it works to repattern these these beliefs that we've carried for 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 time for for ever since we could start to think. Because ever since we could start to think, we've observed drinking behavior and and attitudes towards drinking and attitudes towards uh, alcohol drinking. addiction and. Ah. I, so we have a very, very long history of of ingrained thought, and we have to work against that. We have to start repatterning it. Um, so Annie Grace's book, This Naked Mind, Control Alcohol, is wonderful. I love the book that changed my life was Alan Carr's book, The Easy mm-hmm. Way to Control Alcohol. He's written a few books about alcohol. Make sure if you're going to read his that it's The Easy Way to Control Alcohol. So repatterning your subconscious beliefs around – 
alcohol and addiction is one. Another one is repatterning your your belief system around joy and what's possible. And mm-hmm. there's a couple of ways that you can do that. I loved doing Make Us Miracles, Gabby Bernstein's 40-day book. That was very powerful. Uh, you yeah. could just – just by, you know, following a couple Instagram feeds and picking up mantras, repeating mantras, repeating beliefs to yourself. Uh, Tammy Salas and I have one. We have a 40-day mantra project that's just for sobriety that helps to day by mm-hmm. day read like some bit of of positive, uh, some bit of uh, some positive mantra that you repeat. And and the way that it works is when you when you pick up something, when you pick up this like this 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 sutra, this thread, this whatever, this mantra that has a that has a different belief in it that, you know, say, let's say uh, one of Gabby Bernstein's that I still have on my phone every day is I believe in instant, like I believe in infinite possibilities. I will receive. Uh. It's this one that has for 600 days has come up into my phone. And when <laughs> I read those words and repeat those words, those words get captured by my subconscious. The subconscious has no filter, right? Most of the time what the yeah. subconscious is picking up is I'm a piece of shit. I'm a fuck up. The world is working against me. All these thoughts picks up a lot of this negative shit and it believes it's true and then it tries to make it true subconscious it works it works uh based on what it's fed and it doesn't care what it's fed it takes what it's fed at its word and so to start to change the stories that we have and to start to change the beliefs that we have about ourselves and the world and our limitations and all of this shit Working with just a set of words every day, just a small, like reading a mantra, any mantra that's positive, Mm -hmm. repeating it to ourselves, whether we believe it or not, the subconscious beliefs, the subconscious doesn't care, you know, if it's true or not. It'll just eat it up. Um, So I think this is a really important one. Our beliefs color our entire process. If we're walking into this and we believe we're pieces of shit, this is the hardest thing in the world. We're not going to be able to do this. We're going to fail at it. There's something wrong with us. We shouldn't be here. It shouldn't be this way, Uh, you know, on and on and on and on. If we walk into it thinking these things, which we will, but then we continue to, that belief system is saying this is a hard thing. Nobody's going to be able to do this. I can't do this. I'm going to fail at it. And what's going to happen? All those things are going to happen. And so it's not saying you can't walk into this and have, I'm not saying that you shouldn't feel that way if you feel that way. I'm saying you have to work with that. You have to change your ideas around it and your deeply held ideas, not the ones that are just at the the tip of your tongue, not the ones that are just like so clear in your that you can see the ones that are behind the scenes and that are like guiding the ship. Um, you have to work with your belief system. Your belief system will absolutely cover, uh, will absolutely influence your your experience. So, yeah, you're, and that I think was something that I really like learned from you um, because you you got it. Like you, you not only, um, got it, but you had practiced it. Like it was, I think that was the difference between, you know, where you were and where I was when we met. Um, and which plays into my, my point. So I love that you said that. And then my fourth was let yourself like tell the truth. It's basically tell the truth, but it's specifically tell your, tell, let yourself tell the truth about how you feel. Like, yes, feed yourself beautiful, different ideas, um, Mm. work with your subconscious, but tell the fucking truth about how you feel. Like for me, 
I had been lying about how I felt since I was a kid, like a little kid, um, to protect the people around me because it, I, I was ashamed of how I felt. I was embarrassed because I thought my, you know, if I felt certain ways, I thought it was dangerous in my life. You know, like I had, I had a dad who had very big explosive emotions and I started leaving myself very early to try to control my world. And so my pattern was to deny the fuck out of how I actually felt to the point where I didn't even realize that's what I did. You know, I didn't know that that's what I did. I knew how I wanted to feel. I knew how I was supposed to feel. I knew how, you know, the world wanted me to feel, but I didn't even really know how I felt. I didn't have the language for it. And it always goes back to this Augustine Burroughs quote for me. So it said, he says, and this is from, this is how we're going to have a lot of resources from this. I know. Um, this app, which is awesome. Okay. All improvements, transformations, achievements, liberations, everything you want to change about yourself and your life, everything you want to make happen, any obstacle you want to overcome, any crisis you must survive, the prerequisite is being able to allow yourself to feel whatever it is you feel and not pretend to feel something you don't. Um, so it's that. It's like I fought how much grief I had about losing alcohol for like a year. Like I just, I didn't think it felt stupid. It felt ridiculous. I mean, this thing that was like ruining my life, it felt dumb to miss it. And yet I did. And it wasn't, it was partially like the ritual of drinking and the drinking itself, but of course it was everything I had connected to it. Right. And so, and, and I, but I fought saying that just like, just laying it out there and saying it and letting it be. And what started to release that was I started to write. Like, I think it was when I wrote, uh, maybe it was the big red the girl in the big red chair or mm-hmm. something like that. And I wrote the sentence. I'm so fucking pissed. <laughs> I'm so mad, you know, and letting that just be there, not trying to like, I know I shouldn't be a little bit like just, be mad, be sad, be whatever, and do the work you're talking about. Do yeah. all the things we're talking about, but fucking admit it, you know, and yeah. you'll, I, no amount of wanting to be like saying these affirmations will get you there. If you aren't first starting at the point where you're being real, like yes. I didn't. And, and, and I mean, the biggest thing for me was like, I don't want to be sober. <laughs> I don't want to, cause I had an idea about what it meant. You know, I don't want that. I don't yes. want it. Yeah. I know I should want it, but I fucking don't want it. And just sit and just allow that to be true. Allow that to just live out there. Say it to someone, fucking write it down, whatever. Um, that for me really started to make all the difference. And it's tricky because if you're like me and you didn't know that you had been like, lying to yourself your whole life. It's like, it's like a pattern you have to, I mean, I had to have someone point out to me, like you lie all the time. You don't even have to. And you do. And it was, it was like taking that and not feeling shame about it. Just saying, uh, like watching her, like, oh, she's doing it again. Wow. She did it. Just did it again. You know? Yeah. So 
I think it's um, like I'm so glad you said that because there is so much spiritual bypassing in this, and and it's mm-hmm. it's this idea that when we get into this, it's a this idea. I I've had <laughs> I don't know why I've everything I'm saying starts with I've written about, um, but I did. I there was that you've post. Taken the time, right? And it's your work. Of course you have. <laughs> I wrote this post called um, "Poop Ice Cream and Spirit Holly," and it's about how. I had, I know it's one of my favorite posts because it's about how I went into this place where I, after it was 2014, I'd been sober for a year and a half. I'd quit my job and everything's going and I'm super spiritual. I'm in, I'm go. I'm in my second yoga training and like I, everything I am saying is like namaste and I, uh, and I have all this shit happen. Like I bounce this $15,000 check and my cat dies. Like I kill my fucking mm. cat and my mom <laughs> breaks my fucking MacBook. I like, I mean, I'm living on couches. The girl that's staying in my apartment breaks my fucking antique table that it took me two years to scour flea markets to find. Oh my God. And so I, I, I'm in this position, I'm in this place where I'm like, all this stuff is happening and it's happening really fast. And I'm in the middle of like figuring out my life. This is also in the, you know, feathered earring, you know, patchwork bags phase. (laughs) I'm I'm out of my fucking mind and all this stuff is happening. And I'm like, you know, everything. Like when my mom drops my computer, I rush to make sure she feels okay about it and, and, and say, no, absolutely. I don't want you to pay to get it fixed. And, and then the girl breaks my coffee table and I'm like, no big deal. It's okay. And then my cat dies. And I really allowed myself one night to cry about my cat dying in my arms, which is still the most heartbreaking thing that's actually ever happened in my life you you literally said like I'm this is you're gonna be sad for one day one day I went and I had my cry session and then I was like we're like because in my mind at that time every you were I was supposed to be Buddha right like I'd done all this work I'm not supposed to have these emotions anymore I'm not supposed to give in to this lower these lower senses and this and this Mm -hmm. negative belief and so it was it's just so fantastic because it's like the it's like everything I talked about in the last point gone wrong like when we actually think that like like changing our belief system is great like the way we look at the world is great but when we're forcing it and we're actually denying what our actual experience is and how, yeah. what our feelings are when we deny what is happening to us and how we feel we just try Mm -hmm. and you know put sugar on top of it right like this is poop and ice cream you try and you know put ice cream on top of poop you know poop it still (laughs) smells like poop right like it's still poopy and so and I I imploded I had this huge huge breakdown because of this because I was not who I thought I should be and I wasn't who I thought Mm -hmm. I should be because I was denying who I actually was and so it's really important when we're doing this work to balance these things like there is absolutely yes it's so true you have to change the way that you view things right like for me I lost my wallet one time in a Starbucks on my way back up to the city. It was a brand new wallet. There was cash in it and all my credit cards were. And then I, I land at this gas station and I have this moment where I'm actually, I, I'm not freaking out about it. I'm trained at this point to kind of go with the flow and stuff like this. And so I'm, I'm being, you know, I'm being the way I am about it. But at the same time, I'm like, this sucks. I'm going to go with it. I'm not going to rail against it. I'm not going to like freak the fuck out. But also, like, I'm acknowledging this is not the best thing that could happen, right? And so there's this balance. There's this really fine balance in between how we see things and then 
also just forcing that spiritual bullshit that's not real. Yes. Like forcing that fucking, it's like saying, it's like saying, you know, when I, it's like when my heart gets broken and I try and say, but this is what God wants. So it's okay. And I'm dying. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it's instead of, it's instead saying, you know, when my heart gets broken, like this fucking sucks and I'm so evil and I'm going to go get a fucking like sword tattoo behind my goddamn fucking ear. Right. But mm. I'm also going to remember that like there is an order of things. Right. It's like this balance between remembering the truth and also feeling the truth. Yeah. So good. So well said. It's so true. It's so, so true. true. And when people try and do that, it's like when people say, well, look at it this way, you know, like that. Anytime somebody says that, that's fucking spiritual bypassing, right? When you're like I supposed know. to look at it this way. I've like gotten to the point where I just delete all those comments. I'm, like anytime somebody puts a comment on my Instagram that says like, well, look at it this way or, you know, like tries to like get me out of like what I'm in by this telling me it's not true. <laughs> I'm like, no, we're deleting that. That's so insulting. Mm-hmm. And that's not the truth, right? And so, right. um, so yeah. Okay. I mean, it's a lot of what we said yesterday in our, um, I thought about that in our episode yesterday that we recorded that won't go up, you know, that it'll, it'll people, have it, up. it will have gone out, you know, the things we know for sure. I don't think like, hopefully it doesn't come across that way, but I was thinking, I'm like, this is like big, big spiritual lesson type stuff. Um, but it's all tempered with the fucking reality of what is, you know, like you get, you only get to really, like, I knew all those things that I talked about in my, I intellectually knew all those things. But once you, you have to experience the shit of like, just the shit, you have to experience all the pain and all of that to, to know it's like the, the paradox, right? All of that is true. And it also sometimes doesn't matter. You know, you still, it's like you got to let the, the the alchemy of feeling the pain has to happen. That's right. That's right. It is. It's a very, otherwise it's just the same thing. It's denial, 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 denial. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that keeps you stuck in it when you are, when it's again, like the surrender part, right? When you are fighting against what is, you know, and if, when and, and especially if you're fighting against what is with like some spiritual principle, you know, then it's just, it's again, holding yourself in suspense in this, in this painful place, right? Like the pain, like Ugh, the only yeah. way through the pain is through the pain. And so, mm-hmm. Um, cool. All right. My, um, fifth and last one is, um, you know, fail, be discouraged, hate it, whatever, but don't give up. You know, I think that a lot of people think that this is just this one and done, you know, uh, I stopped drinking for two weeks or, or like I stopped drinking for two weeks and then I made it for, you know, three weeks and I did it for four days and, it's, you know, I've been trying it for a year and I'm this time it's real for me or, you know, there's there's so much like baggage that we throw into this process. And we have to remember that this is like anything else. This is uh, the way I always look at it is just is is putting it up against an inventor, you know, seeking after a creation. I look <laughs> at like Elon Musk, you know, think of Steve Jobs, I think of um, I think of uh, Albert Einstein, not Albert Einstein, um, who invented the light bulb. Real, well, we know Tesla, but the one that Edison. had to Edison. Um, but we look at this and, and we think, you know, there's there's just this like you catch along, you just start and then you catch a wind and then you're done or you're on right. the path. And then that everything else is just it's just doesn't count. Everything else is just a, a mm-hmm. representation of of it's just a it's it's just 
uh, uh, proof of how fucked up you are and how you won't be able to do this. And what we don't right. realize is that from the moment we have this, like all of us will remember the moment we had the realization. You know, some of it will be mm-hmm. stark and some of it will be, you know, like, oh my, like some of it will be so obvious and sometimes it'll be the slow turnaround. But all of yeah. us will have this moment, you know, for me, it's it's October, 2000, you know, it starts maybe in July 2012 when I start thinking, oh my God, I might have to stop drinking. And then it just hits me in the face in October 2012. And I remember the day exactly, right? And, and some people will have that or some people will just say it was just this growing suspicion. It was one too many times. It was my kid catching me, you know, passed out, like, or my, you know, yeah. driving drunk with my husband. Or it was this morning, you know, it was Christmas morning and I, whatever it is, you know, we'll have this moment. And then we think from there, it's been this, you know, these starts and fits and these, you know, and but I haven't really been trying or whatever, or I haven't made it stick. And and then we discount that time. And, and then we say, well, the time that really matters is the moment that I stopped drinking. That's the time that matters. And that's not what matters. What matters is from the moment we start on this path, I count my sobriety back to, I mean, my days, what I, what I, like my birthday, my sobriety birthday is on the day I stopped drinking. But I do count my path back to 2012. I count it back to even when I was still drinking, I count it back to the moment that I was able to face the truth in some degree yeah. and the moment I started trying. And and that is what like is the most important thing to remember on this. Like you don't lose that time. That time doesn't go away because it didn't stick yes. or because it was hard or because it failed. And those that succeed in this are, are not the ones. The people that succeed in this are not the ones. One of my friends, he's been trying for a long fucking time and he just – Mm-hmm. Stop for seven months. And we were talking the other day and he said, I tried 40 something times. 40 uh-huh. times this man stopped and started and he still kept coming back to it. And he hasn't drank in seven months. You yourself for a year struggled yeah. and had how many day yeah. ones? You know, when so many people in this like will beat themselves up for that. And that is senseless and useless like it is not helpful to tell yourself that you're not really trying when you're trying and when you're doing the best that you can if you could have done better you would have done better and that's what we have to learn from we have to remember this process is hard it takes a lot of guts it takes so Mm. much courage it takes bravery Mm -hmm. it takes all of the things that we have it's not unfigureoutable anybody can do it but that but the the trick in this is not quitting is is like is when you want to quit is is that you don't is that you keep showing up to it and trying and, yeah. and trying new angles and asking for help and doing all the things we talked about here um, but it's a process and that's it it's about showing up and sticking to it and chasing a better life it's it a life yeah. of freedom a life where you don't have to go through something like this um, or th- that this is not your thing so then you can move on to the next things like you know not having sex for <laughs> years on end and getting rejected by men on social media apps and you know sleeping on your mom's couch and quitting your job and losing oh, all your friends all of it so much better <laughs> <laughs> oh that's funny what's your number five um mine is um trust that you don't i always go back to this it's trust that you you may not know how to do it but something inside of you does Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Like you don't have to know how, but there is also something inside of you that does know how it does know how. And you, you have, I believe 
that addiction uh, is this disconnection from self, from source, from God, from spirit, whatever you want to call it. It's a disconnection from where you came from, which is more large and beautiful and divine than you, that any of us can possibly imagine. And the pain of that, um, is, is that soul pain. It's that hole that, that is just the the God sized hole. I'm not going to start. I'm not, I'm, I think I'm going to call, just say right here that I am not going to caveat when I say God anymore from now on. (laughs) Okay. Because I, if people have been listening, like it's just, I believe in a God and I don't believe in a God that is, you know, the man in the sky or even in any human form. I just believe in source. I believe in God. I believe in it. So you don't know how to do this, but something inside of you does. And that thing has existed in you since the the moment you were incarnated and it can't be destroyed and can't, you can't get it. You you can't make it go away. You can't kill it. Uh, and it, it, it's there. It's that diamond in the center of your chest and it knows, it knows everything that you need to know. And I think this speaks to everything we've been talking about, all the work that you do to get sober to all the the reason behind all of it, all the, you know, saying no and taking care of yourself and affirmations and meditation and getting your body high to me is all just so you start to create the clear, you, you start to clear out the path between you and that, and that connection. You start to make that connection clean and build it back up and make it strong. And then you start to trust it. Mm -hmm. Uh, but that all starts with the belief that it's there in the first place. Mm -hmm. I love it so much. And I think, and I believe that too. I believe that entirely. That's, I, I think this is, I think we come here, like I talked about in the last episode, I think we come here to learn. I think that's why we're here. We here, we're here to learn. And I think that that's what we're here to learn that this is our, Mm -hmm. this is our way in. Right. This is this yes. is the point where it becomes intolerable, where our separation from source becomes intolerable yes. and where we absolutely have to reconnect to what that is. And all of this stuff is meant to reconnect us to it. Um, and that's what's yeah. been true for me. All of this. That's that's the only part of it that matters to me is is yeah. is that. So can we like let's take a minute and let's just list off our 10. Let's just go one by one and, and put the like just say it in one okay. word with the cool. 10 things where to begin 10 things. Okay. Um you want you go first. Okay, here are my five. My five are one, surrender it. Two, get support. Three, meditate. Four, work with your subconscious beliefs. And number five is to never, ever, 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 ever give up. Just keep showing up. Keep doing the work. I'm so good. Okay. My five are tell someone to move your body. Three, pregnancy principle. Four, tell the truth about what is going on inside of you. Five, Remember that you do not know how to do this, but something inside of you does. 
I love it. I'm kind of amazed how our we didn't talk about these. Like we didn't we never talk about what we're gonna talk about. Um and they they like built on each other so well. It's cool. I did meditation was number four. I did switch it to number three to counter. Because you had said I thought it was really interesting when you said the workout piece, I just was like mm-hmm. working out wasn't like I didn't have to work out because I yeah. meditated so much. And I think and then right. you were saying I didn't meditate because I worked out so much. Um, right. and so I think that it was just this like really nice play because I do think that there for me, honestly, the meditation piece was was so it was mm-hmm. my thing. And for you, the running piece was so your thing. And so I think yeah. it's really – I thought that was interesting. I know, I know Catherine's that way. I know Catherine runs all the time. Um, and, and she like – remember when we did that interview with her and she said she left – she she left you know there was like miles and miles of her shit where she just shed it you know and like on the counted it into the pavement um oh but that wasn't my path and if it if somebody had told me i had to work out to get clean i know i would have you know i would have cut them um i know well that's the thing with that you know (laughs) meditating it's like fuck Uh, off i know i know oh this is good i love you i love you too bye 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 Sweet.